Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to The Sportive. I'm John Marthaler. With me tonight <laughs> is Mr. Brewmaster himself. Mr. Flavor Profile. The man of the hour, Stu Steve Newman. Uh, hey, John. How's it going? I My intros are no better than Brandon. Yeah, just yeah, ideas. yeah. Well, we haven't done one in three weeks, and it's we figured we had to get some content out there. And if you guys want, if, if you guys want to peek behind the curtain at the uh, 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 Sport of HQ, we had one on the docket for last Wednesday. And then we got 0.5 inches of snow in the metro area, which absolutely <laughs> fucked everyone. Um, I uh, left Surly at 10 after 6 that night. I got home at 8.40. So I I could not do a podcast because my, my, my knuckles were white and my anger was such <laughs> that I didn't want to waste it on sports. Um, and, right. and then tonight uh, we actually had, I think, we had – Three solid commitments and a chance for Dr. Fingers to check in. Um, but then, um, uh, what's the other guy's name? Brandon? Let's say Brandon. Yeah, um, he's, got stuck, Brandon. he's got stuck at work late because that's like, what is it? That's like 24 hours of Daytona for the uh for uh the other yeah. for the circuit city or whatever so they got uh yeah. they got a bunch of stuff circuit starting. city doesn't close this time of year. yeah so they got a bunch of stuff going on so it's uh basically just me and john tonight so i uh, hope you're happy you're gonna get a lot of hockey um and yep. maybe some niche sports and that's gonna be about it so suck it <laughs> That's about the best way we can describe this podcast. It's it's aggressively trying to hurt you. But we're sh- I do want to say with that half that half inch of snow that paralyzed town, it's just our annual reminder that when we try to look down our noses at Dallas or Atlanta or Nashville or any mm-hmm. town in the southeastern United States that gets snow only occasionally and has gridlock mm-hmm. as a result. Yeah, it happens oh, yeah. here too. Yeah, there's they. Um, we're, no, we're no better. Yeah, their excuse is a valid one. They have three snowplows for a city of a million right. and a half people. We it's have not a snowplow. extensive, a... uh, you know, plowing and sand and salting regimens, and we still fuck it up. We're terrible. Yeah. We our winter driving is garbage. We're terrible at it. And anyone who, yeah, anyone who like sniffs at like you know Oklahoma City getting into dusting and having to close schools, fuck you, you, we're terrible at this. 
Right. Terrible. I literally, it snowed Saturday night last week, right? Mm-hmm. We got about two to three inches in my neighborhood. Yeah. Not very much snow. I, my, my bus stop that I wait at every morning got plowed this afternoon, finally. <laughs> Somebody cleared the snow. I sent emails to four different governmental organizations hoping that somebody would do something about it. And it appears that maybe finally my request made it to the person who needs to do it. But that's that's where we're at right now. It's the first snowfall of winter. It wasn't it barely rose to the level of Powell Bowl. Mm-hmm. And we still it's taking us most of a week to clear out a bus stop. So Ugh. congratulations, Minnesota. Um yeah, we we're just yeah, yeah we Maybe it'll be better now that we've got our feet wet, but I really, I'm, let's just say I, uh, I'm skeptical. Um, so w- yes. what kind of sports do you want to talk about tonight, John? Did you watch the Minnesota Vikings last week, Stu? I sure did. I sure did. What's your report? I, I felt like I was smart about this one it, particularly um, because playing at New England – just nothing good is going to happen. No. Uh, basically, they got uh, outplayed and outcoached, and there's just no other real takeaway from it. They're, you know, they just they got it tied at the start of the third quarter, and New England immediately got two touchdowns, and that was the ball game. And it's basically been the story of this Vikings team is that they're going to probably beat the teams that are worse than them unless it's Buffalo. And there was one of their teammates like literally lost his mind the day before, or if they're a good team, they're going to lose to them. So if they seem, they seem like they're very solidly the fifth or sixth best team in the NFC. Like it's very obvious that they are, Right where they belong yeah, the, in the wild card. The, they are either going to be the number six seed or they're going to lose to Chicago on the last game of the season and be eliminated from the playoffs. Because I really, I guess, I don't expect them to beat Seattle on Monday. That seems on the road against, and Seattle's also like they're the number five seed yep. right now. So, right, I would, I would be, I would be really surprised if they win on. Monday night, but also that. The, but if they win out, then they get in the playoffs. So it's not like it's it's really not the end of the season. But no, I don't. In th- no way is the season over. And of course, we know very well mm-hmm. that if they make it into the playoffs, a lot of stuff can happen. Mm-hmm. But it really feels. I'm gonna I'm gonna go a ways back and compare this to another Viking season. Do you remember the year of the greatest show on turf, Rams? Of course. The Vikings played at St. Louis in the playoffs. Yep. And you looked at that game and you said, the Vikings defense isn't actually good enough. And the whole game, they were 10 points behind. They would score a touchdown and maybe get it somehow to less than 10 points behind. And immediately the Rams would score a touchdown. Like, if they didn't return the kickoff, they would throw a 74-yard pass on the next play and... The Vikings would run Leroy Horde in the line 435 Mm. times in a row and slowly build back up to getting more points on the board. And the Rams would run a triple reverse on the kickoff and return it. It it just, it seemed like if they played a game that lasted 180 minutes 
and the Rams had only been allowed seven people on the field, <laughs> the Vikings still would have been ten points behind the whole time. It just there wasn't enough of a comparison. And I feel like that's exactly what would happen against the Rams or the Saints or even the Bears this year. They could get into the playoffs and they could play a, a, another team and theoretically have a chance, but it just doesn't feel like they've got a chance to win any of that. Yeah, it's just they're, they're aggressively slightly above average. Yeah, they're 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 a good bad team. Yeah, they're they're either a bad good team or a good bad team. They're 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 a nine and seven team that's probably eight and eight. But you know, I yeah, yeah it's just yeah that we I mean again and like you said anything can happen. I mean Eli Manning has won two Super Bowls, so right. any, get in the playoffs and weird shit happens. But boy, I just. I've seen enough to where I really, I don't think it's happening. I really don't because yeah, it's it, it feels very familiar. It feels oh yeah. like Denny Green is coaching this team. Yes, and this is very much a Denny Green kind of season. And apparently, the head coach hates the offensive coordinator and vice versa. And I can't really tell who's <laughs> that. Doesn't surprise me even one. Iota. I can't. I can't really tell. And I, I uh. And again, without, I, I mean, the, the specter of Dr. Fingers hangs over us. Um, yeah, he doesn't come on the podcast anymore, so what's he going to do? Well, I mean, when you're very busy, like, editing and programming Access Vikings, it's, uh, That's you know, right. yeah, it's hard to do two podcasts in a week when you have a full-time job. Um, yeah, he's got a full-time journalism job and a full-time professorship. At exactly. Center, so, yeah. He's got a lot on his plate. And apparently, Dakota County's roads are pristine, so good, good for them. <laughs> um, I don't know whose side to take on it. Uh, clearly, Zimmer wants them to run the ball more. Um, clearly, uh, the NFL is trending towards uh, open passing offenses, and saying they should run the ball more in 2018 this season of all seasons not just the progression of season <laughs> upon season this season in particular to say that in is exactly like a couple years ago mm -hmm. when Sam Mitchell wouldn't let anybody shoot three pointers for the Timberwolves yes. with this offensive line right um and i'm not going to say they're great at pass blocking but holy shit they are all 250 pounds so they're not exactly road graders. They're not going to be opening right. up giant holes for um, the three games a year Del uh, Delvin Cook is healthy or uh, Latavius Murray to run through. So I can't right. credit – I can't say Zimmer is right on that. But um, at the same time, uh, boy, that was, that was 10 points last week. Uh, and you've got right. two of the best receivers in the NFL and – I don't know if you can hang that on DeFilippo or on Cousins having a bad game or just being Kirk Cousins, the Kirk Cousins that Washington fans are familiar with, where he's, you know, good two games, bad two games, good two games, mediocre one game, terrible the next game. Just not anything more than a good, yeah. a good quarterback, but nothing ever beyond that. I do hate how obvious Cousins' struggles were to all Redskins fans. Yeah. 
I mean, and they're one of the dopier fan bases, um, and they yeah. they knew I mean, um, that he was, you know, that's who he was. So sign him for eighty four million. We'll we'll take Alex Smith and his exploded leg, and go, we'll go to war with that. So uh, shit, man, it's I think frustrating. I mean, the Redskins might be like the fifth dopiest fan base. That's pretty dopey. No, I mean, in the NFL especially. I mean, that's really... Yeah. I mean, top five is... I mean, that's, not, that's elite. I don't want to steal PJ Flex Thunder, but to be a top five dumb yeah. fan base in this league is... You are putting in the hours. You are yeah. you are taking extra you're credit. Gonna, you're doing the coursework you, and going above and beyond. You're not going to compete with Green Bay. Nope. You're not going to compete with Dallas. Nope. You're not going to compete with Pittsburgh. Those are all very dopey fan bases. I mean, the New York Jets. But, fire the fireman guy. Fireman Ed. The fireman right there. guy. I think the Redskins. I think the Redskins are dopier than Fireman Ed. But I, uh, man, I don't know. I. It's it's a competition. Yeah. It's oh no. Sure. Oh yeah. It's not. Yeah. No one. Everyone earns their spot. And I say this as a card-carrying, purple-wearing member of an easy top half dopiest fan base. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's if, not. They're the Vikings. Yeah, we're not. We're not any better, Stu. No. You and oh me, no. Oh no. Oh yeah. We don't. We. I see in the mirror. You want dopey NFL fans? I see one every day in the mirror. <sighs> yeah, and, nothing like the big sigh that comes out every time we talk about the Vikings for more than ten minutes. Oh yeah, and then just. Just a big Ugh. heaving sigh yep. and a beer opening. We haven't done this bit in a long time on the podcast, Stu. What are you drinking? I am drinking a Mortal Sun by Surly Brewing, who employs me. I'm sorry. I'd never heard of that beer. Really? That's our new porter. It's in the variety pack. Oh, really? You would like it. It's a porter. It's a brown beer. You love your brown beers, John. I do. I do. Li- I like brown liquors, and I like brown beers. <laughs> and I like brown beers. Yeah, so that's in the variety pack. Um, I'll, if you don't get any this weekend, if you're not looking for Grindcore, which we were talking about in the green room. We prior were talking to the, about that in the green room. Prior, prior to the recording process. What I was hoping, I was hoping that would lead to... You saying, don't worry, John, I'll drop off a pallet of it at your house. You know, no problem. I can make that happen because I, I work can. at Surly Brewing. I actually can. Maybe the next next week sometime I will stop, I stop see, by the... Uh... I see the pallets. I, I, I can see them <laughs> just sitting there whenever I go there. I was there on Tuesday and I could just, I could feel mm. it. I, I knew it was there somewhere. Ah, so, the pallets. I'm currently, I'm, I'm drinking a, a lesser version of the Surly Grindcore, which is the Summit Dark Infusion. Actually, that that I think that's a rock solid beer. I, it I, is I, a very good beer. Yeah, that's. No, uh, I think they did that one a couple of years ago. It's like they had a brewer series and like a uh, exclusive. Yeah, and I mean, say brewer series on here. Yeah, but it was it. Yeah, that's a that's a tasty beer. Um, if you're not going to drink Surly, that's a really good beer to drink. It's tasty as hell. It says backed by universal demand on the can, so I can't be the only one that liked it. Yeah, it's a good beer. Um, so yeah, yeah, but I am having a Mortal Sun American Porter. Uh, it's uh, in our variety packs. They are in stores now. I will make sure to get you some. Um, I <laughs> I was at Surly on Tuesday. I want to talk about one more Surly related thing, and then we can be done. Mm-hmm. They there was one beer on the menu, and I apologize because I've forgotten the name. It was. Described somehow as the hoppiest beer pretty much ever. 
And I had a little bit. And I didn't know, and this is my question for you, did they just start allowing you to put actual hop chunks into a beer? I've never had a beer that was more of a hop slurry than a beer. Uh, was that abrasive, maybe? No, it wasn't abrasive. It was it was something special. It had a two-word... Oh, this is the most dad I've ever sounded on this <laughs> podcast, and that's a pretty high bar. It had a two-word name. It was something like... American Sparkler or something. Oh, like li- uh, Liquid Stardust. Liquid Stardust. That may have been it. Yeah, that's also in the variety pack. So get that's uh, and that this variety pack is looking better and better. Still. Yeah, it's a sparkling IPA. We make it. It's got a champagne yeast in it, so it finishes kind of like fruity and dry. So it's kind of more of a like a you know, it's a really dry IPA basically. Well, if it if it tastes like somebody made you eat an entire mouthful of hops, then that's definitely it. <laughs> All right, good talk. Good, good talk. beer talk. Yeah. Uh, do you want to lay into the Packers because they're suffering much more than the Vikings are right now? I I'd, I'd love to, but what can you say that they haven't said about each other anonymously through the press already? <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, man. That's a. That's a mess over there. I mean, oh. we, I, it is a simmering stew of backstabbing over there. Yeah, and I mean, everyone was kind of joking after. I mean, for, I mean, losing to Arizona, this Arizona team at home is a fireable offense, but it's Green Bay. They move at a glacial pace with everything. Right. I mean, Ted Thompson had been asleep for five years before they finally, like, yeah. gave him, like a like, a, you know, one of those jobs a rich guy gives his kids at the country club in the summer. And yep. And they still make Studebakers in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I don't know if you knew that. It's the only place left that you can still get a Studebaker. Well, you know, that's God. Sorry. I lost my train of thought there. Um, But yeah, it's, they fired the guy. They actually fired him after the game, which is a very Ziggy Wolf, thing to do to Mike Tice, <laughs> but not a thing that the owner the ownership group of angry dairy farmers from, you know, Cohasset or whatever the hell they're from, they uh let him go and since then it's just been all sorts of rec- recriminations and backbiting, which I love. I'm thrilled by it. It's oh. great. Um they fired an assistant coach for going after Rogers on Twitter. I mean, how can that's that's ama- that's so good. That only right. that usually only happens to the Vikings, but it's happening to if them. And all they've got left is a bunch of front office like marketing staffers getting fired for sharing racist memes on Facebook. That's like the only step they have left to go. It'll happen. Don't worry, it'll happen. Um, it's just it's it's subtly thrilling and. Yes, I know that Minnesota has its own problems, but we're not wasting the career of like one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. <laughs> <laughs> They're literally pissing away Aaron Rodgers' career because they, you know, and just it's ah, oh, it's beautiful. He's he's Green Bay's Joe Maurer, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that. People in Green Bay have to suffer through the same sort of nonsense that we had to suffer through here. Because, yeah, there's all, you know, they're getting, he's getting like, you know, uh, um, people are 
mad at him for like his stances on certain social issues and stuff like that. And it's just like, good lord. Or like, man, his his brother is mad at him for raising money for the yeah. campfire victims because he was he didn't call his mom. <laughs> I it's 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 beautiful. It's it's kind exquisite. of it's amazing. Yeah, I. It's everything you could hope for when it comes. It really to, you know, is. What I mean, could happen to the Green Bay and, Packers, and I and I, I don't feel that bad about it because the Vikings aren't doing that well. I mean, the Vikings are like you know riding a you know a thirteen and one record into next week. Then I'd be like, uh oh, this is too good. Something bad's about to right. happen. Right. The Vikings are struggling to make the playoffs right now, so Yeah. You don't have to worry about karma coming back to bite you. Yeah, it's gonna be this it's, particular Packers season. Yeah, it's if gonna, the Vikings miss the playoffs, big deal. Yeah, it means gonna, their yeah. season will go one week less than it would have otherwise. Exactly. So yeah, I it's I just I I'm I just I stand in awe of the mess on the other side of the river. It's really it is it's it's it is something else. And it Everyone knew it was coming, and it should have. They should have done something at least a year ago. And we've made we've made so many jokes about this very thing happening mm-hmm. that now that it's actually happening, I find myself a little bit. I, it's hard to believe. Yeah, and I really don't know what they're gonna do. I mean, the, they should. What they should do is just say, Aaron, who do you want to have coach? That should be all they do. Right. It's like, Aaron, who do you want? Do you want a coach? Who do you want? Just that's all. That's all you need to do. It's like what LeBron did with Tyron Lue. Just who do you want? We'll do it. Right. But but I imagine they're gonna go through whatever process there is and settle. I was gonna make a joke about who is the biggest possible old school retread they could hire, but unfortunately, that's probably Mike Zimmer. <laughs> he already has a job. Yeah. So. I I mean, <sighs> Dick Geron. Somebody, one of Chan, great, great Paul, Chan Gailey, North Turner, one of those guys, just a, right. a coordinator who's never been good as a coach, but has always been good as a coordinator. That that yep. would be the that would be the ideal uh, for Minnesota Man. at least. For Green Bay, it would be like getting a really yeah. like a Sean McVay type, a really like innovative offensive thinker, and going with that. But I, I. I hope they hire Dom Capers as the coach. That would be great. Yeah, I hope they do. Oh, that would be so good. Oh man, that would be oh, great. That would be beautiful. I would be thrilled by that. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's football well, talk. And in terms of things that are happening, good. I do have a question for you, Stu. Of course. Have you opened your heart and learned to love again with the new look Timberwolves squad? Nope. Have not watched How- the game, John. Really? Nope. Boy, I was just going to ask how the construction of your Robert Covington shrine was going because my I've heard good things. Great. I've heard great things about Covington. I've heard that uh, Sarich is a really good uh, role player. Um, I've heard right. I've heard that uh, Towns seems to be just playing a lot better. Just getting with all of the drama, the Butler drama, no longer in play. But mm-hmm. um, man, the 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 Thibodeau thing just. I can't, man. Maybe it's, maybe it's a in, little in the dog days of winter when there's nothing else right. going on, maybe I will finally relent and pull up a chair and say, Okay, you barking weird, you know, yell duche, just 
do do what you've got to do. I'm going to try to enjoy this basketball team while you yell at everything. Yep, there's going to come a night, and this is my prediction for you, Stu. There's going to come a night when you sit down with whatever bespoke beer happens to be out from Surly Brewing on that at that time, and you're going to look up and down the channel lineup, and you're going to look and you're going to say, I cannot possibly watch Edmonton play St. Louis in hockey. I just I can't do it. <laughs> and you're going to flip over to the Big Ten Network, and you're going to say, Oh my goodness, it's Wisconsin. I can't I can't oh, make this happen. I no, just no. even though Bo Ryan is dead and gone, I just can't watch this basketball nightmare. Well Bo, so uh, first your, of all, a your quick, fingers quick fact check on your analogy. Bo Ryan is a vampire and therefore cannot die. Keep going. Well, I mean yes, that's correct. Keep going. Thanks, Wade. Mm-hmm. Um and your your finger's gonna hover over that channel button for a second, but you're gonna do it. You're going to flip over to Fox Sports, and you're going to watch the Timberwolves. And here's my prediction. You know the part of the Grinch where his heart grows four sizes? Yes. You're going to watch Robert Covington for one quarter, and your heart is going to grow four sizes. Oh. And you're going to learn to love again. Now, you have to understand, I am a natural Predators fan born and raised. So that's, born that's, and bred. That is my first, that'll be my first winter sport love. Once the Vikings are eliminated before spring training starts. But after that, I, I am open. And I know, I mean, we, I, I've i heard good things about Gophers basketball. I've heard they're trying, at least. And, uh, but, yeah. They had a my, good win the other day. Yeah, it sounds like they had a very good, like, you know, heartwarming victory um, over Nebraska. I guess it was yesterday, wasn't yes, it? it was. Yes, it was. Yes, like it was. It was a thousand years ago. But yeah, it was last it was, night. Yeah. They beat Nebraska. It was really fun. Yeah. They were down late, and then they made a storming comeback. Yes, Amir Coffey scored 155 points. The paratrooper—he's the paratrooper son. I hope you know that. Oh, they show the paratrooper in the crowd oh. about 11 times a game. God, I love and the paratrooper. You know how sometimes that gets old after a while. Never no, gets old. No, not for me. Him, they can show him. I and, need a split screen. Him and John yeah. Thomas and Bobby Jackson could be at every game, and I'll just be—I'll <laughs> be thrilled. Uh, yes, yeah, I, let's I get Miles Tarver and yeah. Ernest Zigmazambo in there. Yeah. Um, then yes. I'll have everybody I want. And yes, I know the games don't count. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Um, but uh, right. as far as the Timberwolves goes, yes, eventually I'm sure uh, desperation and boredom will take hold and I will watch a Timberwolves game. But so far, so good. And I know that obviously if they keep winning, I think they're back in the top eight in the um, in the, uh, they the may Western or may Conference. Not be. Um, but they're close, at least. They're hovering in that bottom rung. Um, the Western Conference seems to have fourteen good teams every year. The Phoenix Suns, exactly. So. so, but they're at least uh, they're respectable again, and I'm glad of it. And I'm glad things are better, especially since obviously Timberwolves Twitter is always one of the more entertaining corners of the internet. So, but yeah, I still uh, it's gonna be, it's it's gonna it'll be after the holidays for sure. Hmm. Gotcha. All right, we'll check back in in January, which will probably be the next time we do a podcast. And I can see. <laughs> At this rate, yeah. Whether, it's going to be difficult. See whether your Timberwolves heart is growing. And it's also nice, for for several years now, I have been making jokes about Sam Hinkie and criticizing the process and criticizing the 76ers, so much so that we made a bet about that Brandon and I made that bet about the Sixers versus the Timberwolves. But I can't, I I underestimated how wonderful it would be 
to trade the hated Jimmy Butler to Philadelphia and give me an extra reason to want them to lose every game they play. <laughs> Just the pure simmering rage I feel towards the Philadelphia 76ers. It has, it's been on low on the stove for like five years. But now it's just cranked up to high and it's bubbling and boiling away. It's just, it's nice to have that kind of hate. It's having that hate in your heart in the holidays. It's, it's the basis of right. every Hallmark movie, I think. But that's I, right. I, this... that, I, I don't watch them that closely, but I think that's the point. You just, you show up there with all that rage and you, and then like, you know, Candy Cam shows up and it's, uh, uh Candy Cam is short for Candace Cameron Bure, by the way. Just, oh boy. That I I literally wasn't paying that much attention, but at the same time, I thought you were literally talking about a camera that was focused on candy, which oh gosh, no, sounds no. like something that would be on a on a Hallmark movie. It is no, yeah, Candy Cam, which uh, I think I'm stealing outright from David Roth, uh, refers to the actress Candace Cameron Bure, who is married to either Pavel on... Pavel or Yakov Bure. I can't remember which Bure brother it is. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, she was on Growing Pains, right? No, no, Full House. Kirk Cameron, no, her, her brother no, Kirk yes. Cameron, who's now just a was very strange Full man. House. No. Yeah, but yeah, Candace. Candy Kirk Cam, Cameron's a very strange man. I think he's super devout, religious, and he like makes uh, some very uh, strange fundamentalist type motion pictures that go straight to video. Oh, he's like a with like Chad he's Michael like a Murray, Shiite Baptist. Uh, she <laughs> pretty much, yeah. It's him and like Chad Michael Murray and like the fifth lead from Sequest twenty twenty one. Uh, and they're just <laughs> picking some. Your deep pulls have gone beyond my ability to understand them. So yeah. congratulations. Let's say Jonathan Brandis. Let's go with Jonathan Brandis. I don't know. Um, yeah. Wow, two beers. I. Making those type of here jokes. we go. Now here we're go. talking now, now about we're, Kirk Cameron. Now we're into Two it. And we're into now the we're into it. Of the podcast. Um, so what are we talking well, about? Well, I look forward. We were talking about the Timberwolves, but it ended with Kirk Cameron, so that's probably a pretty good sign. We should move on. I want to. Yes, we should. I want to back up. We we talked about golfer basketball. I did. I went to the game at U.S. Bank Stadium, still, oh. and I can say that that was a deeply strange experience. Um, how was it? How was like the whole vibe of the place? Well, I thought somehow, and I think this was based on a game in about 1994, Minnesota played California at the Metrodome, which I'm guessing was just like this game in that it was somehow a practice for an NCAA tournament mm -hmm. hosting. And I may have the year wrong, and I may even have the opponent wrong, but what I remember and I also may have this wrong now that we're talking about it, is that it was attended by tens of thousands of people. Like, I think this Minnesota Cal game drew, like, 50,000 people to the Metrodome. So when we started talking about going to this Minnesota-Oklahoma State game, I naturally assumed that this was also going to be a similar event. Like, 50,000 people would be in U.S. Bank Stadium to watch Gopher basketball. And it would be amazing just to be part of this enormous crowd if not to actually watch the game because it would be like you'd be sitting in the back of the second deck and you wouldn't be able to see anything. Well, <laughs> as it turns out, I, I thought they'd have the floor like in the final four set up where it's in the middle of the field. And if you're sitting in the third deck, you need binoculars to see anything. <laughs> but they sort of jam they sort of jammed it into the one the end of the stadium away from the swinging doors or whatever you call it 
and they had they had some seats set up on the other side, like on the field, and they had some seats on the end, like you would for the NCAA tournament. But otherwise, everybody was just sitting in the football stands, and we were in we were about at mid court, but we were in the back of the second deck, not not as high up as you can get. Obviously, at US Bank Stadium, there's another deck above that, and I can't imagine sitting any farther from the court than we did <laughs> because we were so far away that you literally couldn't hear the ball bouncing. That's far away. You could sort of hear some, you could sort of hear some sne- sneaker squeaking and stuff, but ultimately it was like watching a game on, like if you were stuck in traffic mm. and you were watching the game on a DVD player that was in the SUV in front of you. The kids are watching the game on the SUV, and you're close enough that you can see that there's a game going on, and you can even see some of the people, but it just, it's like it's taking place in a different place than you're at. And so, like I say, the court was nearer than it would have been to that seat for the Final Four. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And we were not as far back as you possibly could be at U.S. Bank Stadium. So I... If they draw 90,000 people or whatever to the Final Four, I just I can't imagine actually being at that game, sitting in the third deck, watching these tiny little stick men play what may or may not be basketball. It just was kind of a terrible experience. And the... There weren't very many people there. I think the announced attendance was something like twelve thousand, but yeah, it was fewer people that. than it was fewer people than would have gone to the game if it had been at Williams Arena, which would have been a much better experience. So I guess what I'm saying is, wasn't that fun? Wasn't that great? It was yeah. fun to go and, to a go for basketball game, mm-hmm. but I think it was less fun than it would have been at Williams Arena. Yeah, um, I the all. <sighs> I know why they have their tournament at the stadiums like that to sell more tickets and make more money. But the only way that type of situation I think works for a real fan experience is if you, if it's again, I'm dating myself horribly here, but in the eighties, big East basketball was the shit. And like Syracuse Georgetown at the carrier dome, was amazing. It's just 60,000 it looked like there's going to be a war of a bunch of <laughs> a bunch of white up, an of, orange and blue war. A orange and blue war of white upstate New Yorkers all trying to fight Patrick Ewan. 
Um, and you would probably, <laughs> and, you, and, and you would have had at least a puncher's chance of winning that fight, for the record. Yeah, you would have taken every last I, one. Well, exactly, but uh, but all that's, these safety upstairs. And I, I can't imagine those back seats at the carrier dome were any better than what you had. But they right, had they, exactly as discussed earlier in the podcast. They had hate in their heart, and that made it work. He did. And whereas, hate in their heart is an important part. But whereas we've got, we're going to have you know seventy five thousand people at U.S. Bank Stadium. Maybe twenty five, thirty percent will be actual diehard fans of the teams involved, and the rest are just there for because you know some corporation is trying to get them to advertise with their on their billboards in uh, Q three of two thousand nineteen, and that's right. how, and they're giving them free free ducats and free uh, chicken wings and one of the sweets. I don't know that that's going to be great for anyone there but i mean it'll, it'll sell out because it will that's what they do but i unless you've got courtside seats i don't know why you would want to go i will say here and now that if any corporation would like to give us free food and booze and put us in a suite for the final four we will absolutely take you up on that offer yes i will um, go if, and we'll even consider we'll consider strongly buying a billboard in Q3 2019. Yes, and um I don't know if uh my company has their suite for the final four that but if they do, uh Omar, if you're listening, God I hope you're not listening. I feel bad for Brandon still. Um I'll I'll sure I'll sit in the suite during the final four. Yep. I can I can I can learn to I mean Zion Williamson will be there. That'll be probably pretty cool. So that's you know, fun. That sounds plausible. So, um, yeah, uh, that's my commentary on the final four. And I, I hope it brings yep. a lot of money to downtown Minneapolis or whatever. I don't know. I'm sure whatever's supposed to happen from these events. Yeah. I hope that the convention center really does well. Or I hope, whatever and, and the five and, and the five bars that are around us bank stadium. I hope they all have a lot of surly handles. Boy, I, I will say that somehow we managed to park in a parking ramp that was connected via the Skyway to the stadium and also had like a ticket gate set up right there in the parking ramp. And boy, did that seem like the way to go with things. <laughs> yeah. I've never felt like such a high roller. <laughs> somehow accidentally parking in the special parking ramp. I bet that being from outstate Minnesota, we talked the whole way there about how it must how much money that must cost parking for a Vikings game, but oh yeah, that's what you do. That's... Whatever it is, I think it's totally worth it. I think I want to. Oh, I bet again. I if bet anybody wants to let me park in that parking ramp, which I can't remember what it was called. Oh my, I bet that costs a pretty penny, don't you think? Oh yeah, that's pretty spendy. I bet. Oh, I bet. Yeah, you got to be a big high roller for that. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. I heard him talking to right. Boone and Erickson for... about that. <laughs> Boone and Erickson. <laughs> Uh, all right. That's that's enough stadium talk. I think. Is it time for uh, puck talk? Know. Do we have puck talk? Sure, we always got puck talk. How's it? Do you have any thoughts on your purge? Um, my purge, I've not checked in on them in about a week. I assume they're still the class of the NHL. They are. Everybody, if I remember right, everybody is hurt there, and they're still winning every game. And I hate them so much. Well, that's good. That's you know something. I mean, they're probably. I would say right now they're the only NHL team that I hate specifically because they're good. I have no other reason to hate Nashville. I have 
I, I have reason to hate like 15 different NHL teams that I hate with a fire of a thousand suns. <laughs> but Nashville, I think, is the only one that I hate just because they're good. <laughs> uh, but uh, we didn't really come here to talk about my purds since I haven't watched them in a week. But we did come here to talk about the Minnesota Wild, who were doing well about a month and a half ago when last we recorded. Um, but now they, I, it sounds like things have kind of soured a little bit. Am I correct in that? Well, I think they were they were playing pretty well for the first month of the season, which I think they were probably getting better results than their play deserved. And then in November, it sort of switched around to they were again playing pretty well, but they got some bad goaltending from Devin Dubnik, oh, and dupes. suddenly their results were not as good as they deserve. So it all it all about evened out. I will say that the situation the Wild are in right now is if if you were really being honest with yourself about what you wanted from the Wild, you would call your buddies at the NHL, call Gary Bettman or anybody else you happen to know and get them literally just taken out of the central division standings on the NHL standings page <laughs> and have them put in the Pacific standings. Cause right now, if I was looking at the standings before we, we got on the air here right now, there's 11 teams in the league that have won more than half their games in regulation or overtime, throwing out the shootouts. Of those 11 teams, five of them are in the central division of the NHL. And the Wild are currently in fifth place in the central, which, given the NHL playoff format, means if they finish fifth, they're almost certain to go into the Pacific division part of the playoffs as the wild card, which would be exactly what they would want. Mm-hmm. Right now, the literally, I, I'm done looking at the central division standings. I'm done like, oh, they're four points behind Colorado. Oh, they're six points behind Dallas. Whatever. The best thing that can happen is... Finishing fifth, going over to the Pacific Division standings, playing, they're playing Calgary right now. Calgary's leading the Pacific Division. San Jose is kind of muddling through, but everybody thinks they're probably going to be decent. They can beat Calgary. They can beat San Jose. Anaheim sucks. Vegas isn't doing that well. Edmonton has one good player. Arizona's terrible. Los Angeles is terrible. Vancouver's terrible. It's a bad division. The rest of the league compared to the Central is a bad division. So the best thing that could happen is for them to stay exactly where they are, in fifth place, in a wild card spot. Well, I hope that happens. I mean, I just want everyone... I want people who aren't... Obviously, as a Purds fan, I expect a little more. But I think, you know, right. I, I hope everyone keeps their... Around here, keeps their expectations in check and just appreciate the wild for what they are. A good team, but not a great team, and hopefully they continue performing that way, maybe a little better for everybody. They just are, and we've we've talked about this so many times yeah, in the yes. podcast, but they just are what they are at this point. Yeah, I mean. They have one guy that you look at, Jordan Greenway, who's playing on their third line, and he's six foot eleven or whatever he is. He's six foot six, I think. And he's 21 years old, and he's sort of developing right in front of our eyes. And he's really the exciting guy on the team. And everybody else is just sort of, they are what they are. We talked yeah. at the start of the season about how they needed guys like Nino Niederreiter and Charlie Coyle to have breakout years after they've been looking for breakout years five years in a row. Well, they're not doing that. They are who they are. They're both going to score 11 goals this year, nine goals this year, whatever it is. 
The Wild have one really good line, and then they have three third lines, and that can be fine. They have one really good defensive pairing, but they're not too sure who it is. Uh, Ryan Suter, who has been their sort of number one defenseman. I don't know if you remember this, Stu, but he had a weird injury at the end of last year where he broke this tiny bone in his ankle that can't be fixed by anyone except for slight, slightly godlike surgeons. So he did get it fixed, and he is skating, but he's just not the same. He, he may never be the same. So they're all just a little bit worse or a little bit the same, and uh, Jordan Greenway is not going to come through and suddenly score 45 goals or anything. So they're just they're a hockey team, and that's good enough. It's good enough. Uh, still, um, I think the best thing that we can go uh, uh, John, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still oh, here. Sorry, what I, happened? I'm sorry, I thought I heard a, a click on the line. Sorry. Nope. <laughs> okay. Whew. Okay, that was... Well, like, everything's fine. Everything's fine, yeah. Everything's fine, everybody. I'm, I'm, we're, yeah, we're still recording. Is, um, your, is your thing still recording, Stu? Mine's yeah, still every, everything's still recording. We're not going to edit this out, because why? Why would we? <laughs> we're 42 minutes in, and I just said the same thing about the wild that I've said 49 times, but it still somehow took 11 minutes. <laughs> I, I did see that uh, you and uh, Dr. Fingers were talking earlier this week about the new regime had one move to its name and the move went poorly. Is that correct? Well, yeah. The the one thing that's happened since Paul Fenton took over as general manager is they took a guy in the draft who I think his name's Philip Johansson. And everybody said, why did they pick him? He's not good enough to go with that spot in the round or whatever. And I think what caused this was they announced the the rosters for the World Junior Championships this week, and he was not on Sweden's roster. And you got to ask yourself, if you're, if you're taking this guy in the first round and he can't even make his country's roster for a 16- to 20-year-old championship, yeah, it's, not, it's not a great look. Um... So I, I do want to talk for a second about an interesting point that Chicken Fingers brought up. And it wasn't something that, that I'd thought of before. But luckily, Chicken is one of the deepest hockey thinkers anyone will ever meet. So he he has his finger on the pulse. He has his finger in places that we can't talk about that involve Chicken, obviously, mm-hmm. because obviously. of his name. Um, but the thing that he brought up was... What if this was a move by the ownership group? We, and it, it got me thinking, we've spent a lot of time blaming the former GM, Chuck Fletcher, who just took over in Philadelphia, a team that everyone hates. We spent a lot of time blaming him for a number of sort of short-sighted moves and a, a, an unwillingness to build for the future. But if you start looking at those moves and start thinking of them not as this is what Chuck Fletcher wanted to do or, and more as this is what the wild's crazy owner, Craig Leopold wanted to do. There is sort of a pattern there. It does seem like what you would do if the owner had unrealistic expectations of how good his team was going to be and therefore push you to trade away all of your draft picks for 
rental players at the deadline that don't do much. And some magic beans. Trade young players in order to keep your veterans and all that sort of thing. All of those things are exactly what you would do if you were getting a lot of pressure from an over-year owner, which I think we can say definitively Craig Leopold is. So we we talk a lot about the lazy, evil, incompetent scale around here, and the wild, Craig Leopold's never going to get anything but a zero on the lazy part of that. And I don't... He's from Wisconsin, so you have to give him some percentage of evil, but it's not high. <laughs> but the incompetent thing is certainly... It may be... I'm starting to wonder. Chicken's got me wondering. I wonder just how much of this is because of the owner and not something that the front office would be blamed for. Hmm. So that's... (laughs) What what did you call my 30-minute speeches? Uh, Stem winders, I believe, is what I call them. Yes, Yes, that's exactly what I was trying to go for. That's my stem winder about wild ownership. Awesome. And Chuck Fletcher just got hired for another gig, right? He did. He's in Philadelphia now with our old... Enemy Dave Haxel, former North Dakota coach, and someone who I will always root to get, you know, sometimes you go into a public bathroom and the door accidentally locks from the outside and you can't get out. Stuff like that. That's what needs to happen to Dave Haxel. How is he? bad things happen to him. He should be in jail, right? Yes, (laughs) that's correct. I'm glad you asked, Stu. Let me tell you. (laughs) Yeah, I've been, obviously, I... I'm I'm tainted by my friendship with you and Dr. Fingers, but um, I've heard nothing but bad things about Dave Haxtall, and yes, um, I just I, I hear that he should be in space jail, and I right I I just I I let that go because I assume you know more about the situation than I do. Well, I'm glad that you're finally on board of saying that Dave Haxtall should be in space jail. Yes. Um, do you want to talk twins before we uh, call it a night? Yeah, they signed Jonathan Scope. Okay, um, this is going to be—I mean, this is going to be a thing, obviously, for the next. Uh, I think it was a two-year deal, so at least a year with an option for a second. His name should be pronounced Shoop. It's S E H O O P. It should be pronounced Shoop. However, Shoop, baby Shoop. Exactly. Uh, salt and Peppa, he's he's literally disrespecting Salt and Peppa. And DJ, yes, and, not and, even and or. And. And, and Peppa and DJ Spinderella while we're at it, and we are. Um, but <laughs> he pronounces it scope, like the monkey trial or the mouthwash. So... <laughs> um, so that's that's <laughs> at best the third most famous scope behind yeah, exactly. those two things. So... Um, I know that he was on the Brewers last year. That's correct. I know that much like Brian Dozier, he had a bad year last year. I know that much like Brian Dozier, he can hit for power, but average isn't necessarily his thing. Um, And much like Brian Dozier, um, I don't know shit about if he's a good fielder or not, but I beyond that, they needed a second baseman, so and it sounds like it's a fairly reasonable price. So, good? 
they they really are determined to just sign some guys. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when they got CJ Cron the other week. Yeah, CJ Cron is a base. He he's a guy. He's a guy who plays baseball. He comes. Uh, he he's getting paid some money, not a lot of money, and it <laughs> it feels like the the Twins general managers are playing out the same game that every fantasy baseball owner plays on a week to week basis where you're like, well, who's on the waiver wire? Well, we got some guys. We got mm-hmm. CJ Cron. I've heard of that guy. We've got Jonathan Scope. I've heard of that guy. Those are some guys. Those are baseball players. <laughs> but I mean, Cron had 30 home runs last year. So sure. Why not? They need a first baseman. You know, I do want to say one thing about C.J. Cron. A lot of people came out and said, listen, I know he's a first baseman that plays for the Devil Rays, and I know that part of his appeal is that he's got a team-friendly contract and stuff, but let's not go about comparing him to Logan Morrison, okay? That's just ridiculous. Well, it's not ridiculous. It's almost the exact same thing. If you were going to sign Logan Morrison again, it couldn't be more like signing C.J. Cron. <laughs> And if you're going to do this, um, you're signing Kron and um, uh, Shoopscope at reasonable contracts, you would think that would, in a better world, would mean they're going to throw a lot of money at a different player or players who would right, which... potentially help a team that was in the playoffs two years ago and honestly not that far away from 500 last year. So... You do have to wonder when I I forget what's in the CBA, but I assume at some point baseball starts awarding the Twins runs or wins based on how team friendly these contracts are. Oh, I think they've like if they are, don't spend their if they don't spend their payroll, they must get some benefit out of it. But I can't think of what it is. I think they've got two wins already just because of these signings, which is nice. You start, I mean, that's that's great news. If you sign a guy for less than $5 million, it counts as a win. I don't know yeah, if you knew that. You start the season 2-0. and That's great. That's better than that's a lot great. of teams. I mean, that can make the difference. The, the truth of it is, and you and I both know this too, is that this team pretty much depends on how well Miguel Sano and Byron Buxton are going to play next year. Yep. They played bad last and, year, and they uh, regressed last year. Boy, um, they were both awful last year. Yes. And if it only took a best in 10 years performance by the starting pitching to keep them from probably being a 59-win team and from nobody complaining about Molitor getting fired at the end of the year. Right. But that's kind of how that happens. So, yeah, I, 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 I don't have any objections to the signings. I don't think you do either. But it's definitely like, well, yeah. what what else is coming? They aren't bad signings. It's not no. like they looked at Jonathan Scope and decided to sign him to a 12-year, $240 million contract or something ridiculous. Yeah. No, they got him on a short contract for a little bit of, mo- mm-hmm. a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. And when you put it into your – put it into the payroll projections, it sure looks good. But mm-hmm. at some point, they got to get on the field and play, too. This is very true. And it's – you can't keep kicking the can down the road. You know what I mean? You can't just keep 
Well, well, maintaining a pristine salary cap situation is not a replacement for having well, a good baseball team, unless you're the Seattle Mariners. But you know that's <laughs> that's that's been the the term fire sale gets thrown around a lot. But <laughs> I am um, on a text chain with my friends from Seattle, and the, as um, as mournful. And paranoid and just confused as most Minnesota sports fans are. Check in with your Mariner fan buddies right now because they're right. just, yep, they're just, they don't know up from down or left from right right now. It's just been a, they don't know what's happening to their team. They almost made the playoffs last year. They were very good last year, and yep. they have very literally traded all of their good players. And not just that they've traded; they've retroactively traded all their good players from the mid '90s. They have traded right. Ken Griffey Jr. and Edgar Martinez and Jay Buhner and Randy Johnson and Alex Rodriguez, all for like single A prospects who have arm trouble. And right. it's Ichi- very strange. Somehow they traded Ichiro's Hall of Fame plaque for yeah, it's weird. B level prospects. I, d- I don't know how they I didn't did know it. you could do that. Yeah, so I mean, it's it, it's it's hard everywhere, folks. Unless you're a fan of one of five or six teams in Major League Baseball, it's it's hard out here for a fan. Yeah, the five or six teams that are trying next year. Yeah. And I, I'm i on a similar text chain with a Mariners fan, and I just – it's hard not to feel bad at all for all of these fans who are part of these fan bases that are getting hinky. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody's out there trusting the process, but that – it's not a it's not a replacement for actually building a baseball team. You can't just accumulate a bunch of prospects and say, "Yep, we're good now. Everything is fine. Everything's going to work out." Just because it did for the Astros. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, I mean, <sighs> you you have to do everything right. And uh, man, I don't know. You. I just I mean, don't know. the twins. The twins are living proof that you can't just get bad and then things automatically get better. You also have to draft well, which the twins didn't. You also have to develop players, which the twins didn't. And trading all of the Mariners' players is a step towards having good young players that are cost controlled and whatever. But it doesn't guarantee that that's going to happen. They've got yeah. They have to get really lucky, and it's hard. It's hard going from having pretty good cards in your hand to just trying to get down to trying to get the Joker out of a 52-card deck. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's I, – I see where you're going, but it also happens so rarely that you can't count on it. And it just – it's tough for all of the people who have to live through it, which is the fan base and <sighs> – I guess what I'm saying is the Philadelphia 76ers ruin sports and they need to be put in space jail. <laughs> space jail is a recurring theme here on this part of the podcast. Space jail is always where we're going to send people. Yes. Oh, Christ. I don't know. I don't know who else we could even talk about now. Go for um, volleyball. You got any go for volleyball thoughts? Um, no. Nope. Uh, sounds like uh, go for uh, the go for women's basketball teams uh, doing well. They're undefeated still. I think that's right. Well, good for I them. I expected nothing less. Nope, Lindsay Whalen's awesome. She's like yeah. top top three everything for this state. Um, I, I'm done. I'm done with politics because I'm just voting for Lindsay Whalen from now on. 
for everything. It's it's you you could make a lot worse choices, and you have. Yeah. Um. Let's see. We should probably avoid talking college hockey so we don't yell at each other. Um, yeah, I I just want to say that everything you say is noted, and I hate you so very much. Yep, yeah, nope, that's okay. I, I get that. I understand that, and it, the view is always good from up here. Um, let's yeah, see. And... you'll enjoy it when you're burning in hell. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. Uh, oh, speaking of – I'm, I'm... – Speaking of school uh, burning in hell. Speaking of Seattle, I'm going to go there for Christmas. Oh, really? I am. We're visiting the in-laws who live out in um, the Seattle burbs. Um, and it I is, thought it the is, in-laws were in, like, Montana. They moved. They moved to uh, oh. Seattle. Uh, somewhere, not Kingston, but some other place. Starts with a P. Well, it's in King County? Uh, yeah, no... It's sort of by Bainbridge Island, I think, so I can't remember. I'm not smart. That'll be really fun. Yeah, I've never been to Seattle before in my entire adult life. Wow, I cancel the rest of the podcast. Let's talk about all of the fun. We're not going to do that. Yeah. But I really like Seattle. It's my favorite town. Yes, it's. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. um, As a uh, person who works in the beer industry, I have heard... uh, Nothing but positive things about the approximately 100,000 breweries in the Seattle area. So I, right. I'm looking it's forward like to that. It's like if you took northeast Minneapolis and extrapolated it yeah. to an entire, the entire seven-county metro area in the mm-hmm. Twin Cities, that's mm-hmm. what it's like. Awesome. And I know it's going to be gray and rainy, but it's been like that here for two months, so I'm prepared. I can live with yeah, that. Yeah, I... I I saw a statistic today that said it was the gloomiest fall, September through November, that we've had in 35 years. Yeah, it was just cloudy. And it's felt like every bit of that. Yeah, it it just sucked. It was gross and cold and not not, not great. Yeah, I didn't care for it, John. I didn't care for it at all. It's been awful. It was no. a terrible spring followed by an awful summer followed by a terrible fall. Yep, and now we'll, and I assume a brutal winter is on its way. Global warming can't kill off humanity soon enough. Pretty much. We're 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 pretty much asking for it. So, yeah. <sighs> but yeah, I'm going to Seattle, John. <laughs> That'll be the whole family be, going. Whole fam's going. Awesome. Yeah, looking forward That'll to it. That'll be really fun. I, it will be really fun. Are you doing anything? I mean, if it's, we if we don't talk for the holidays, before the holidays, are oh you boy. doing anything around the uh, Christmas time region area? Boy, we'll, we'll be doing the same thing we always do. We'll be spending some time with my wife's family, and mm-hmm. we'll be spending some time with my family, and none of it will be in Seattle, but no. it'll all be around and this I, area yeah. in various ways and it'll be good and lisa's down towards rochester right her yeah fans? she's okay. the other direction yeah she is more in the southeastern part of the state and western wisconsin yep is her family and my family is mostly around here and slightly in the northwestern yes. part of the metro area so there will no be like visit to distant relatives who still live out in the ortonville area nope not no trips That's out to outstate Western Minnesota. When it's, is when is the last time you've been to Ortonville? The, uh, let me think about this now. I haven't been out there since for about four years now. Oh my god! Um, really? My parents, yeah, my parents retired and moved to the cities. Yeah, six years ago now. So 
they it? so once they moved, I really had no reason to go no, there. No, of course not. And what after after I got married a couple of years ago, um, we did go out there and sort of sort of hung out with a bunch of mm-hmm. my parents' friends and people we knew from mm-hmm. people my family knew from when I lived in Ortonville, obviously. Yeah. But I haven't I haven't been out there since 2014 because I just have no reason to go. Yeah. Um, um, do I hear, um, I hear rumors? Yeah. They're they're in the top ten right now for the single A basketball rankings. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I'm hoping they make it to state so I can go and scream at referees. Oh, yeah. that's what I do. It is at Ordenville basketball games because yeah. of the long running, all pervasive conspiracy to keep Ordenville down. Yes, and Browns Valley. Um, yeah, well, or mixed only. Nobody cares about Browns Valley. No one ever has. Nobody no one ever will. Um, do your folks regret anything about moving to the cities? Well, they have a granddaughter now, so no, not even okay. a little bit. I was going to say, I've been encouraging my family to consider, you know, getting out of Hector. Right, but it's you know, time. It's yeah. I think, and it's I time. Know, let's move up. I, I know. I know. My mom at least is like pretty open to the idea of at least going to Hutchinson. Because they got things there, <laughs> so boy, I can go as far as Mound, but no, no farther than that. So I mean, yeah, it's I, I I've been curious about that just from my own experience, and just like you know, God, just there's there's just not a lot out there anymore, and yeah, I don't know that's going to change anytime anytime soon. Is your mom the type that goes to like every Buffalo Lake Hector high school basketball game? No, keep score with the scorebook, that kind of thing. No, no, not not a sports. More of a church mom than a sports mom. All right, does a lot of so activity, every... a lot of activities with the church. You know, like the helps out, right. like around the every bake sale, every every bake, every bake sale. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, she's very involved. So that's like her her activity there. But yeah, well, why are you trying to get her into the cities then? She's happy. She's got the Ludafisk feed to run every year. I, uh, I I think the lack of a grocery store really bugs her. So I, <laughs> that's Ooh. yeah. I, are I, they? Do they even have the Quick Trip or are they? Oh, uh, they do. They do have a Dollar General now, John. Oh, that doesn't count. That's I, not no, of course, it, of course, it doesn't count. So yeah, it's yeah. That's that you can't get groceries at the Dollar General. Yeah, they I, don't have. They have like. Craft macaroni and cheese you and can toilet get, paper. You, yeah, you can get all the processed food you could ask for, but if you want actually fresh, like, anything, you've got to go. It's not a replacement. It is not a replacement. So, yeah, I just, yeah, just, just curious about the, the, the Marthaler fam. No, my my hmm. mom's family was from the Twin City Twin Cities area. My dad's family was from the western part of the state, mm-hmm. but they both have just loved being here and not just because they have family here and just because they have grandkids here but because there's stuff to do here mm-hmm. and that's not true of Ordenville. no not true in the true. same way i should yeah. i should say it's not true in the same way if you like playing golf going fishing ice fishing you got everything you'll ever want in Ordenville. yeah it's a great it was a great place to grow up it's of all the small towns in Minnesota, I think it's very clearly the best one. Um, <laughs> but it wasn't great for watching live sports except on television. Yeah, no, I, I imagine. Do you think when Dave declares himself a sovereign citizen that he'll do it there or in the cities? 
I think that when you declare yourself a sovereign citizen, it doesn't matter where you are because wherever you go is Dave Sylvania. Dave Sylvania. I think that's yeah. I I I can see that happening, and I, I will I will subscribe to his pamphlets. Yeah, I mean, you should already. They are <laughs> troubling. I don't think anyone disagrees that they're not troubling. Uh, I wouldn't call them troubling. More just fiery. Eye, fiery, yes, eye opening. Yeah. Eye-opening is right. How come someone had that hard of an opinion about Nils Hasselmo? It's so weird. Hey, listen. <laughs> Nils Hasselmo has a lot to answer for, and I think if you look on page four of every pamphlet he's ever released, mm -hmm. you'll see exactly why. This man will not hang, but I know, whatever. <laughs> this, <sighs> this podcast has generated. Yes, we have. Any dad we talk? Have do you have any dad advice? You, got, you have the older kids. I have the older kids. I need a little dad advice to close this podcast. Sure. What's up? I just, I need general dad advice. Get me through this. Um, let's see. Have you started Christmas shopping yet? Uh, no, not really. I, we are, we are very much still at the point with a two year old that she doesn't really understand what Christmas is yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, that makes sense. We don't really have to go all out and be like, all right, here are all the things that show that we love you for another year. Mm -hmm. Because she doesn't un she d she doesn't understand the, the pure consumerist joy of Christmas yet. Mm -hmm. She's mostly just like, wow, all my people are around and for some reason they're giving me stuff. Again, <laughs> this happens fairly regularly for me. <laughs> so I think my guess is that we are one more year away from that. Okay. I think by the time she's three and next year at this time, I think she'll probably okay. be understanding that people want to give her things. Okay, it's just, uh, yeah, I was just curious, like what your stance was on like devices at this at this age. Um, <laughs> right now, I would say that the device stance is mostly like as the entertainment method of last resort. Yes. Yeah. Like just tonight I was Lisa was doing something else and I had 15 minutes to go to bedtime and what I would like to do is just let's just run wild for 15 minutes and then let's all go to bed but I had to somehow keep order so we're going to we're going to do some phone stuff for a little while and it's you know she we're going to we're going to try to make it interactive and I'm going to point to stuff and we're going to be together and it's not just going to be me sitting her in a corner and letting her go crazy with the phone, but mm. I'm trying, but there's definitely, it, it definitely gets used when it needs to get used. Yeah. I will say, and this is, this is, this is a fairly young dad kind of thing. So feel free to tune out for this part. I just found out in the last couple of weeks about the existence of the show, Daniel Tiger. And I had probably heard of it. But what I did not understand was that it was entirely taking place inside the the Mr. Rogers universe, that it had strong ties to the rest of Mr. Rogers, which, as every child who grew up in the 80s, I have an undying and all-consuming fondness for. I didn't know that there was a cartoon that took place in this universe, and I couldn't be more pleased now. Yeah, I, I had I'm, no idea. I, I, I was aware of Daniel Tiger. And I knew that it took place in the Mr. Rogers universe, and I, I, which is weird. It also took place. It takes place in the Three's Company universe, 
So Larry, <laughs> I, I I don't know why. Larry, I mean, it's weird for like Larry to be talking about picking up stewardesses in in a, in a children's <laughs> like a toddler focused cartoon is weird because. First yeah. of all, first of all, I mean, they're they're not called stewardesses anymore. It's weird. It's anachronistic and kind of you know misogynistic. But I I don't get why they talk about that on Daniel Tiger. But yeah. I mean you know whatever. In the part where they're talking about how it's okay to be sad sometimes, it it's, I mean I guess it fits somehow, but it, it is doesn't okay seem to, correctly correctly yeah. pitched. It's okay to be sad sometimes, John. The Mister Rogers people need to get on the ball a little more. They really do. So. Anyway, that's that's my dad talk for this week is cool. talking about how I found out about Daniel Tiger and it's great. The more you know, and I got to make a Three's Company joke, so that's uh, so I, everybody's a winner. Every, everybody wins. So, alrighty, should we call I, it? Let's call it as, a night, man. As always, when it's a two man show with you and I, we think we're going to talk for eleven minutes and we go for an hour and eleven we can, minutes. Yeah. Well, people need people needed that extra hour. I think they've been missing us. And yeah, we actually did have people ask. We actually had people asking if there was going to be a show. So it's you know it felt right. good. It felt good to be wanted. We got it out there. Yes, that's the important thing. Content is out there. Exactly. Content that's is king, y'all. <laughs> it's good to hear from you, Steele. Good to hear from you, John. We'll talk to you later. We'll talk to you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.